What is going on? My name is Taylor and this podcast is called Who Knows because who really does? This project was brought to life in an effort to create a space where it is okay to be confused. We all have questions, fears, and uncertainties that try to stop us from living. By talking to people with different perspectives, we can work to find the commonalities and differences that allow us to understand that not everyone has it all figured out, and that's okay. You get to create your own normal, because normal is bullshit. Here we are. (laughs) Season one is coming to a close, and... All I can say is thank you. Everyone who has taken the time to listen to this project is truly just as much a part of this as the people who make it, me and Maria and everyone that comes on to talk to us. Uh, All the emails and messages we get hearing from you guys about how an episode has affected you or you've learned something new. Um, And of course, All of the amazing cat photos that we have featured on episode days, those are fantastic contributions. Who knows is a project that I honestly never thought that I would be able to achieve. Uh, I've always, you know, been held back by fears and anxieties, and I never thought that it was possible for someone like me to achieve something like this. But that is exactly why I wanted to do this, because it's so important for people to tell their stories and realize that we're all in this together, this life thing, you know? So we're going to be a little bit more transparent with everyone. And I just got to say that who knows is something that I honestly never thought that I would be able to do. Uh, I have forever been held back by my fears and all of my anxieties. And I just never thought that something like this would be possible for someone like me to achieve. But That is literally the driving force behind this podcast because it really is, I mean, I think it is so important for people to tell their stories and to realize that they can do it and they're worth it because we are all in this together. So on this last episode, we just wanted to share a few highlights from season one that we really love and we hope you guys loved them too. Here's a piece from episode one. Body Positivity with Camila Bush. The way that you're built, you can't fight that. Right. And like, I feel like we're trying to fight that. Trying to look a certain way regardless of what your, where your hip bones are and like what your culture is and like yeah. just completely denying all of that and being like, I want to be thin because I need to fit into these pants and like being thin is like the only thing that matters. Right. And it's funny because it happens like in in the fat girl subsect too. Like there's a certain way that, especially for black girls, I will say that there's a certain way that you should look as a fat person. You can't be a sloppy fat or you've got to be a super curvy fat. And if you can't be fat with like no titties, you can't be fat with a flat ass. Like you need to be like, you need to be like the perfect fat girl for everybody to be like, oh, I'm going to fawn over her. And that's the one. And I like, I like, this is one, I will say this is one thing that I struggle with, with like being a fat person. It's like, sometimes I don't feel like I'm the right kind of fat. It's like, especially because I'm not super thin. So like a lot of the black girls, 
girls are like that are fat and have that whole like that fat girl is bad like we love that thick girl is that she's like she's taller like you said like i'm five five and some change and she's usually like taller like five eight five nine she's got really big boobs she had a really flat stomach but a big one and really wide hips nice thighs that go down to these calves and she wears heels all the time she's got this like long luxurious hair she's got a full beat of makeup all the time she's always dressed with like a dress on she does and like i'm like a person who wears like jeans t-shirts sneakers right and like if for a like a skinny girl that's edgy and cool but for a fat girl that's laziness here's a piece from episode two work-life balance with jason romney The work-life balance idea for me has always been being able to invest as much time as I can into my work and also be able to have times where I can completely forget about that and be with my family. But I feel like a lot of times, in especially in theater, and I experienced this a lot at my last job when, that I was working before I came here, that any time I was gone... I'm getting calls, I'm getting text messages, and it just completely throws off any sense of separation, and then I I feel completely, I feel like I'm drowning. Like, I have this thing that, like, yes, I love and I want to be successful at, but I want to get away from it sometimes, and I want right. to do other things. I think, you know, that can happen, and I, I've certainly had times in my life where I felt like that's happening, but... I've realized that it only that I am the one who decides whether or not that happens. Right. I am the one who decides whether this consumes me. And I learned very quickly <laughs> that in most cases I hold most of the cards <laughs> in the relationship between me and my employer. Do you feel like that's because you have, like you said, like you have the goods, like you have something that they need for yes. you to do? What it boils down to for me is that I am willing to walk away. <laughs> I really am as unpleasant and as uncomfortable and as disruptive as that might be. I am willing to do it if this situation does not work for me. Mm-hmm. I will find a situation that does. And so I try to be very clear with, you know, theaters that I choose to collaborate with, you know, the university here, all the other things I do with my career. I try to be very clear with all these people that this has to make sense to me. Mm -hmm. and, and if it doesn't, I will find something that will. And I've never had, it's never gotten that far. Mm -hmm. um, but I've definitely had a couple of couple situations where I've had to have conversations where I've said, you know, things are feeling a little out of whack. And if there's a way for us to change that here, then that's great. If not, I'm going to – I will be compelled to have to start thinking about other options. Right. Here's a piece from episode three, Wealth with Maria Wortel. How has money or a lack of money affected you or your family in your life? I said I've been very lucky to have parents who have helped me out in every step of the way in my life, from tuition for school to gas money and groceries, and it has made me able to solely focus on getting an education, bettering myself, and becoming the person that I hope to be. 
that was all able to happen literally because I was handed everything. And I think that people don't always acknowledge that when you get handed stuff, it does make your life a lot easier. I think a lot of it just has to do with like empathy and compassion though, because like I can be mad at a straight white man for having more privilege than me because inherently being a straight white person makes him more privileged than than me. I mean, I'm also straight, but I am a Latina immigrant woman. Um, and that, you know, people are racist and sexist and that's a thing. Um, but like he might be, but he, he, I might be better off than him financially or, and he might have a disability and I don't like, you know? So I also, I also try my hardest to think about those things. I don't always because I'm not perfect Mm -hmm. and I'm like angry about a lot of things. Um, because, because these privileges make the world unfair at times. And, and I carry a lot of that emotion with me on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard not to, when you're trying to achieve a goal and there's all this stuff in the way that you, for the most part, only have so much control over. Here's a piece from episode four, Gender with Sugar. How do you feel that society could be more accepting of uh, transgendered, and we can include transgendered, non-binary individuals? Yeah. I mean, in order to do it correctly, you have to include everyone who does not identify with, you know, any specific sort of gender, which is a whole broad spectrum in and of itself, if you look into it. Um, But I think... If somebody just says or corrects you and says, could you actually, you know, start calling me, you know, he instead of she, you know, just respect that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like maybe, you know, one or two people you'll meet in your life if you're not in those circles who are going to ask you to do that. I don't think it's that hard to remember that that one person is not, you know, a man or a woman. (laughs) I really just don't think it's that hard. Is it scary for you or difficult to correct people? And or has it gotten easier when you're just like, you know what, like, screw you, like, this is important to me? No, it's very scary. It's very scary all the time, especially here in Texas. And I know this is bad because I'm generalizing people and I I don't want to be generalized, so I shouldn't generalize them. Mm -hmm. But everybody in Texas is, you know, has a gun and is Christian and you know, goes to church on Sunday and they eat black beans on, on New Year's Eve or something. Black Black eyed eyed peas. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of just assume that everyone I correct is going to, you know, be like, what are you talking about? And it's, it's always going to be scary. I think no matter who I talk to, because there's always that chance you're going to get that negative reaction and you're going to get those people who will still call you the wrong pronoun just to spite you and just to make you angry. People actually do that. Yeah, they do. Here's a piece from episode five race with G Clausen. What do you think stems this fear to honestly just fear of diversity, fear of change, fear of any kind of, not like me. What do you, what are your thoughts on where that comes from, from your perspective? I'm not a psychologist, so it's hard for me to diagnose exactly all the factors that come into play. Some of it is socialization. 
some of it, you know, um, like minds tend to, you know, congregate together. Mm -hmm. You know, there are race theory books that are written about this subject that get heavy into the psychology of it. But I really don't know. I really don't know. I um, I have no idea. Uh, there's a phrase going around in the white supremacy world about uh, white genocide. <laughs> and these people equate uh, interracial relationships to genocide. You're wiping out white people by having babies with, you know, other races. You know what I mean? And they think there's a push for this instead of just uh, acknowledging the fact that you know, love sees no color. When people fall in love, sometimes they have kids, you know what I mean? And I'm actually a product of a biracial relationship. At the time I was born, it was not accepted for uh, interracial people to get married. Um, and that's why I was given up for adoption, I believe, um, just based on the, the, the time. So you've never met your birth parents? Never, never. Uh, I, I know my, uh, my biological father's black, my biological mother's white. That's okay. what I but being a product of a biracial, uh, relationship does not impact the way that I see myself as much as the racism of being black mm -hmm. has. So, there is no question that I identify as being a black man because that's exactly who I am, you know, in our society. And here's a piece from episode six, Religion with Tyler Nail. You had this huge shift in your life of where you, you believed all this stuff and then now you don't. When you have these conversations with people, I mean... I've, I feel maybe you probably can't help but think back to the times where you're like, I was like you once, I believed all that stuff. And like how, so how do you, how do you feel meant, like what, what goes through your head when people tell you about what they believe? Hmm. Thinking of the source material is one thing. So I have tried to learn a decent amount about Judaism and like what, where Christianity came from. Christianity was at its time the newest version of Judaism. And since then, we've invented plenty of other versions of that idea of a, of a new and revised Judaism. So I think of how it relates to that. I think of like what it has in common with Judaism, but then more, more simple, like in more simple terms, I think about why, why it might have been that people from that region and of that time and of that philosophy might have come up with explanations for how to think of what happens when we die, how to live a good life, how to like, what, what authority is. I think that's the, that's one of the crucial ones, what authority is. And all of these religions, all these different sorts, they kind of do a similar thing. They tell a story about where we came from. Some of that story might include a purpose that we have, codes to live by, ways to feel good about certain things that don't feel good to us. Some people might say we are sinners. Some people might say that we commit moral errors or whatever. Um, these different ways of kind of understanding our nature as humans and as animals and, and ways of coping with scary parts of that. Like, why are we in the universe and what, like, are we really going to just stop existing? So there you have it, season one, who knows, and what a season it has been. Thank you all again so much for the love and support and 
just being a friend of the podcast, I will say it literally always, we cannot do this without you. I would also like to thank all of our guests for this season. Their stories have been so amazing to hear and to learn from, and I really hope that you were able to get something out of one or all of the ones that you listened to. And of course, Maria Wartel. The brains to my whatever I am. Um, <laughs> she really keeps this ship afloat, and I could not have asked for a better person to do this project with. And of course, Chris Williams and Colin Nance for providing the music for this season. Now, I know what you're thinking. This sounds like a goodbye, and I am here to tell you, no way. We will be back in action for season two really soon. We have so many amazing new guests coming on for the next season, uh, such as Adam and RJ, who are from the D podcast. Uh, you should check them out, especially if you are a Disney fan or Golden Girls fan. Um, and some returning favorites like Maria and maybe even a few others from this past season. So stay tuned. And while we are on our little episode break, if you feel like you miss us, uh, check us out on Instagram at who knows podcast and Facebook. Uh, we have some really fun stuff planned for, uh, over on our Instagram, a few live shows and some activity on our story that we think you guys will really love. If you love a good poll, I got you. If you love a good name that tune, I got you. We're going to play games, guys. I, you know, I just love that. And if you have something that you think would make a great episode, drop us a line at podcastwhoknows at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as always, who knows who's out there, but you are amazing. And we will see you soon. Ladies, love you guys. Kiki Bayera, Claude is right here. He's like, bitch, I'm about to punch you. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> you should see him right now. He's literally staring at me with his like slit eyes. He's like, bitch, die. Okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to do this again just because I don't remember where the fuck I was.